Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. Hey everyone, this is episode 25 of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our Q&A series where we answer questions submitted by our listeners. And this week we are looking at the topic of what we call imprecatory psalms. And if you're wondering when the world those are, good thing you're tuning into this podcast, okay? So we'll dive deep into that. So before we dig deeper, uh, the specific question, okay, in regards to these imprecatory psalms is that was submitted was, how are we to understand some of the prayers and psalms of David in which he calls for judgment and retribution against his enemies, in contrast to some of the teachings of Christ in the New Testament, specifically to love those who hate us and persecute us. Okay, so interesting question here and a good topic for us to discuss. And so as the question kind of clarified, uh, but just to be clear about it, when we speak of what we call imprecatory psalms, that's just kind of the fancy word uh, for those psalms that in which the psalmist calls for judgment or curses to be upon his enemies, okay, or upon the enemies. And so that's what we're referring to when we think, uh, when we refer to imprecatory psalms. And so the question is, how do we approach those as believers? Okay, what are we supposed to do with those psalms today uh, as the question says, especially in light of some of the teaching we have in the New Testament. And I think this is a great question because I think when we read through the Psalms, I think the Psalms are kind of a popular book for us to kind of read through. And we might stumble across some of these Psalms and might kind of shock us a little bit. It might be, oh, wow, that's a pretty strong prayer that this person is praying. And, and so we can begin to question like, yeah, well, what do we do with that? Are we supposed to pray imprecatory prayers against people? Like, what are what is our role? What is our responsibility? What are we supposed to do as believers uh, in light of the teachings of Christ, the teachings of the New Testament? Like, what are we supposed to do? Okay, and so let's break this down a little bit further. And so, first off, uh, going to make some quick observations uh, that even though they're they're quick, they're, they're important about these imprecatory psalms. And so, uh, yeah, some of these psalms, right? Like, I think we need to understand a couple main things here. First off, uh, these people that uh, these imprecatory prayers are being made against, right? They are enemies of God. Okay, that's like kind of the first thing we should point out here is that they are enemies of God. And really that is kind of the psalmist focus in all the cases, whether it's David or others, uh, it is on uh, the fact that they are enemies of God. Yes, they are enemies of like David, but David as the king or of the nation of Israel, like in that kind of theocracy happening, like that means they're also enemies of God. And so they are being persecuted for righteousness sake. They are being persecuted because of their kind of attachment to God. And so really they are enemies of God. And so this isn't just kind of David going on his personal, uh, kind of 
list here that he keeps track of all the people who have wronged him over the years. And then he kind of sends up these imprecatory prayers just out of his own kind of spite and things of, oh, that that guy, he hurt my feelings, right? Like, and so smite him, Lord, right? Like, that's not what David is doing, right? The concern, the focus is all on the fact that, like, they are enemies of God, okay? So keep in mind, that's important. Second, uh, and this is also important, is that in every case uh, in these imprecatory psalms, the psalmist is not taking vengeance upon himself, but rather he is giving it up to the Lord. Okay, so this is not a means to justify violent action. This is not a means to justify taking vengeance into his own hands. But rather, in all those cases, the psalmist is asking for the Lord to work, to the Lord to do something. So ultimately, he is giving it up to the Lord. Okay, that's an important uh, distinction for us to recognize, because as we'll see in a moment, I think that ties into actually some of the concepts of the New Testament, okay, and how we are to approach such situations as believers as well, okay? But those are some just quick observations, right? So first off, keep those in mind, right? That folks, the focus, right, is that they are enemies of God, not like just his enemies, but they are enemies of God that are against really God and his righteousness and all those things. And even sometimes it talks about like God's name being defamed and all that. And so like um, the focus is on that. It's on God, that they are against God, not just against this person. But then also uh, in every case, the psalmist is not taking vengeance on hands, but instead is giving this over to the Lord. They are prayers to the Lord for him to act and all that as well. Okay. Okay. So now let's kind of transition to the New Testament, uh, where we kind of have some teaching um, about, I don't know, like we could think through like, okay, well, how should we approach those who, I don't know, enemy seems such a strong word, but are our enemies or maybe are more hostile to us, um, especially as believers, okay, like, or other things, like what, what are we supposed to do based on the New Testament? And so we have kind of a few things we should uh, talk about here. First, Romans 12, 14, uh, that passage states, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Okay, so we have that reality of we are to bless those who persecute us and not curse them. Okay, that passage is clear. We are to bless those who persecute us. Okay, Uh, treat them well. Uh, and that kind of ties into Matthew 5.44, which also states we should love them. Okay, Matthew 5.44 states, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So we are to love our enemies. We are to show God's love to them. We are not supposed to <clears throat> respond with hatred or retaliation, but with love. And then the second part of that passage of Matthew 5.44 is not only should we love them, but we should pray for them. Okay, notice that, like, we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, and so we are to pray for them. And and even on a, kind of focus on that for a moment of, okay, what exactly are we praying, right? Is this like, oh, is this where the imprecatory comes in? If we are praying, uh, like, that God would smite them? Like, no, I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind here, right? As he's kind of combining this love and pray for them, right? Not like pray, like, against them kind of a thing, but pray for them is what? It's probably praying 
primarily for their salvation, right? That God would save them, that God would draw them to repentance, okay? Um, and that's the primary thing, right? That God would deal well with them so that they would be led to repentance, like that he would deal with them in some way that it would lead to their repentance, okay? And so we pray for that, like for something, that good thing to happen to them, right? This isn't a prayer to just kind of like that. You don't, we're not praying that, oh God, like let them be nice to me and let them like make my life easier, right? Like that's not really the substance of our prayer. Our prayer should be focused on, uh, their repentance, that God would get the glory, uh, through them coming to faith in him, right? Like, and so we, we pray for people. And so that's kind of like these initial thoughts, right? Of, okay, how do we approach people that are hostile to us, all that, right? Like we bless them, we love them, we pray for them, but we also see a second part of this, right? And if we, like we talked about that Romans 12 passage, 12, um, 14, where it's the bless those who persecute you, all that, uh, if we keep going, so let me read kind of the rest of that section in Romans 12. Uh, we'll go like kind of 14 through 21. It says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. So we already talked about. In verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight, repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, so there's another aspect of this. So even though he starts out with that, like, hey, we are to bless those who persecute us, uh, we bless and do not curse, but at the same time, we also trust and leave it to the Lord that he will um, be the one who takes vengeance, right? Like, that, it says, like, leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, says Lord, I will repay. And so we trust that even though we are being wronged or treated badly, we don't take it on ourselves to deal with that, but instead we leave it to the Lord and his judgment, his wrath to deal with it. Okay, and so that, that kind of starts to tie in and sounds somewhat familiar, right? Like with the imprecatory psalms, right? Where I mentioned like the psalmist doesn't take the vengeance on himself. He leaves it to the Lord. Yes, he's praying these things. But ultimately, it's giving it up to the Lord for, hey, Lord, like, I'm trusting you with this for you to work in this. And so it's kind of the same for us, right? That we're looking to uh, not take this upon ourselves, but instead to give it to the Lord. Okay, we are not to repay anyone evil for evil, but instead we leave it to the Lord. And our responsibility, right, is... Like it says at the end, I love that how it wraps up. Like we are to not be overcome by evil, but instead overcome evil with good. Okay, that even when evil is done to us, we don't then respond in kind, but rather we respond what with goodness. We respond with love. We respond with blessing. We respond with prayer. Right. That's what 
we are called to do. But all the while we are trusting God that he will not let this go just like he won't like just sweep this under the rug or whatever, right? But he will actually be faithful to deal with it. Whether that's in this life or the life to come, like he will deal with it and we leave that to him. Okay? But there's one other passage I kind of want to bring up here that I think ties heavily into kind of the New Testament view of the imprecatory Psalms, okay? And that is in Matthew 6.10, and that's in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. So if you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uh, is teaching, and um, he instructs his disciples of this is how you should pray, okay? And then he goes through this prayer. And if you notice... One of the things he tells his disciples to pray for in verse 10 of chapter 6, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's something we could kind of, maybe we've heard a lot, recite through, and we just kind of say it and move on, right? But have you actually stopped and considered the reality of that prayer and what exactly that means and what exactly you're praying for in that moment? Okay? Because what, when you step back and think, okay, when you're praying, hey, Lord, like, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven. So just like you reign in heaven, all that, like, we want your kingdom established here on earth where justice, righteousness will reign, all of that. And that is a good thing. That is great. But have you stopped and thought about, like, how do you get there, right? How do you get to uh, a kingdom established by God on this earth where justice, righteousness reigns, what needs to be dealt with? Sin, right? Like judgment needs to be, needs to have taken place. And so even in this prayer for God's kingdom to come, there is an element of judgment on sin being part of that. Okay. You can't, can't divorce the two. Okay. In order for God to establish his kingdom, part of establishing that kingdom is conquering, like, this earthly sinful kingdom, right? Like, essentially, okay? And dealing with the issue and problem of sin. And so this prayer that may be really familiar to us has an element of an imprecatory nature to it, okay? But notice, kind of like we talked about before with the Psalms, of the focus here, though, is on the Lord and his kingdom. Okay, the focus is not just on, again, like our life being easier or like, oh man, that person cut me off in traffic, Lord, smite him or have his tire go flat or whatever, right? Like we're not praying those things, but rather we want God's kingdom to come. Okay, we understand we want the Lord and his kingdom to be here and established on earth. And yes, that will involve judgment. But that's not necessarily like our focus, right? Our focus is on God. And and to keep building on that, right? Like the psalmist focus was on the glory of God, okay? That his name would not be defamed, all these different things. Like it is all on the glory of God. And that should be our focus as well, okay? And so we should respond to our enemies when they're hostile to us, all that, by blessing them, loving them, and praying them. Why? Because that brings God glory, Okay, we've seen that. That's the only way people respond like that is through like the transforming power of the gospel. Okay? And so that brings God glory when we respond in that way. But we should also pray 
that the Lord would come and establish his kingdom where justice and righteousness will reign and sin will be dealt with. For that also brings God glory. Okay? And so there's kind of that tension where it's almost like our personal responsibility, like how do we actually respond? We respond with blessing, love, and prayer. But then we also respond with praying that God would establish his kingdom, that his will would move forward, his plan would move forward where justice and righteousness will reign. Like we should long for that. We should love that. Okay. As believers, like we should hate sin. We should love righteousness. And so should we, we should want that to take place. Okay. But again, as we want those things, it's because that's what God wants. God is a God of righteousness and justice. There is no sin in him, right? Like, and all that. And so we should love it because of that. And we should love it because God will be glorified. His glory will fill the ends of the earth at that time, right? And so we should long for for that, not because, oh, that makes life easier for us or something like that, okay? And so kind of to wrap up, when we, so come back to like, the, like maybe a basic question here of like, so should we pray in precatory psalms today? That's kind of a question. I'm sure you can Google it and get a lot of different options out there. Well, some people say yes, some people say no. So what is it? Should we pray in precatory psalms today? And I would say sort of, kind of. Uh, that's my little cop-out answer here, but sort of. And we have to keep two things in mind, right? So I think first off, we need to make sure our heart is in the right place, that we are not being motivated by our own personal hurt feelings, but rather motivated by a desire for God's name and glory to not be defamed, okay? Like when God's name is being mocked and scorned and all that, like, yeah, we should want him to get the glory he rightfully deserves, okay? And so we would want him to deal with those situations, okay? And so it's not a matter of, Again, like, oh, this person hurt me in some way, and I'm very offended. Not because God's name is being kind of offended and defamed and all that, but because, oh, they're making fun of my religion, or they're making fun of me. Okay? So we have to understand, is your heart in the right place first off? Okay? Is your focus on the glory of God, or is it on yourself? And it's more of a selfish kind of prayer. Second, I think we should stick with the example Jesus gave us for God to establish his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Like Jesus gave us an example to pray. And again, there's an element of an imprecatory nature um, in those psalm, in that, that passage, that prayer. But again, we're not specifically maybe praying like, oh, smite this person or whatever, like put an end to that person. But we are praying like, hey, God, like, uh, we do want you to put an end to all sin. We do want you to establish your kingdom where true righteousness and justice will reign. We long for that. And so we should pray for that to come. Okay, and so I think we should stick. I think that's a safe place to be, right? I think that's a safe place to be, right? Like if hopefully, and that keeps our focus right to where again, hopefully our focus is not on us, but it's on God and his glory. And I think praying that his kingdom would come and be established and all that that entails um, I think if we're focused on that, I think that's a good place for us to be. Okay, and so that's why I can say, like, we kind of sort of pray in the sense, but um, I think it's a little different, okay? And so hopefully that all makes sense. Hopefully that kind of answers the question a little bit here and um, provides some insight into these uh, imprecatory psalms and what are we supposed to do with those? How do we approach them 
as believers today, and hopefully that gives some help in that. And again, feel free to always ask some follow-up questions um, if you have any. And uh, yeah, don't forget to also submit questions if you still have more, right? If you have other things that come up, whether based on this topic or other topics that you encounter, uh, feel free to keep submitting more questions for our Q&A series, okay? That's going to do it for today's episode, so we'll catch you all next time.